As I continued to walk towards my car, I began to wonder why it was so easy to ignore people. I don't think I ever really felt like a part of something or accepted by anyone. The only thing that ever had me questioning my feelings or place in life was the come up or a hangover of a lovely drug. I made my way to my car, opened it, started the engine, and just sat there. I still had enough time before the end of my break, so I drank a bit more and scavenged my car for some chewing gum. Luckily, I found enough to justify another few swigs. I would usually do that, just have a bite and drink enough so that the rest of my shift went by like nothing. I found it was something like a fast forward button for my life. Getting back to work was always so depressing. What brought me back? I never found a good reason. But I had a place to live and food to eat, so I guess that's as good as reason as any. I sat staring through the windshield. People started showing up in droves. I thought to myself and wondered if this always happened. I wondered if they were only empty when I was there. And if maybe they were a better establishment than I had ever given them credit for. There was a quick movement in my periphery snapping me out of the thought. I reversed and started the trek back to work. I call it a trek, but I always found myself getting back to work noticeably faster than I had left. I made my way to the office parking lot and still had some time before I needed to clock in. I looked at my phone and opened the list of alerts, just the same bill collectors. I checked through all my voicemail. Yep, just bill collectors. Time to give my dealer a call. Hey, Benjamin, you got pretty weird last night, man. You okay? Asked my dealer, Charlie. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm fine. I've been way too stressed. Being strung out around all those people is just too much. Okay. What do you need? You, you just picked up. Painkillers and uh, some, some more blow. Just come by my place then. Sorry about last night. My days have taken on an eerie repetition. First days, then weeks, and now even months are predicted with an accuracy that is unsettling. My soul aches. It's cramped. Even my dreams are poisoned with the monotony of this brutal cycle of repression and servitude. Coping with this was getting expensive, draining my pocket, and weakening my resolve. My freedom is an illusion, a quick and abrupt shift in psychochemistry to fortify my denial, to sedate the itch for liberation. It feels as though I have forgotten how to want. The very essence of desire siphoned from my heart. In an effort to avoid accepting my hopelessness, I inundate myself with drugs. 
I feel a change within me, something violent trying like hell to alter my path. Any transformation would be welcome at this point as long as it shed my regret in the process. Regret and shame are terrible things to leave alone. They assimilate and cannibalize their host in a war for control. In its wake, leaving something confused, twisted, and unmistakably insatiable. <laughs> I left work in a hurry to meet Charlie before he sold the rest of his inventory. Against my better judgment, I agreed to meet him at some party. It was a few towns over, but I figured it was worth the drive. I always loved the idea of a road trip, the idea of being free, boundless, with no commitment. I imagined I was heading for the coast with a bounty of opportunity waiting for me at the shore. It got me through the length of the drive. Most of it was a blur, with small urges to occasionally steal a glance at the remainder of my bottle. Even feeling this drunk, I was still slightly apprehensive. I pulled up to the house and there was a party in full swing. Fuck me, I thought. Social situations had a tendency to nullify any confidence I had, stunting my vocabulary and limiting my conviction on any matter. Luckily, I was well beyond tipsy and excited about my impending purchase. I figured the worst that could happen at this point was having to deal with dipshits. I killed the engine and took a few deep breaths. I in no way wanted to showcase the insecurity I felt. When I got inside the house, the sight was priceless. There were people yelling, drinking, dancing, and making out everywhere. Bottles of liquor were strewn across the floor, regardless of how much nectar was still in them. The place itself was run down. The paint was chipping off the walls. The cabinets were lucky to have the hinges still in place. And the floor was either dingy stained carpet or scratched hardwood. Music was playing at an insane volume. It actually made me happy to see so many people enjoying themselves enjoying each other's company. The sight inspired something in me, but I really couldn't express it. There were some empty seats near puddles of vomit and expired partiers. I sat down as far from the vomit as possible. I took my phone out and scanned the room looking for Charlie. It was ringing, but the bastard wasn't answering his phone. The last time I was here, he was upstairs, so I figured I would make my way through the crowd and palpable stench of sweat and booze. Moving from where I was to the staircase was needlessly difficult and beginning to piss me off. Every person I asked to move aside obnoxiously made my trip through the crowd tedious and nearly impossible. The room began to pulsate my vision became blurred, and I realized how much I hated the situation I was in. It was as if they were all flaunting their homogenous nature. 
They were all making an effort to show me I was the odd one out, the bit of substance that wouldn't mix. An urge like nothing I felt before rushed into my brain and flew through each synapse with speeds that light would have trouble keeping up with. I fell. It was as if I'd sunk into a fever dream, heavy, disorienting. Anger being my only vector, I just wanted to react. If I could find a broken bottle, I could jab it into any bit of interference's neck. The inhibition keeping me coherent was fading and plunging me into delusion. I saw my impulse take form in reverie, my arm trying to connect with every exposed artery. In a dizzying array of seemingly random movements, each jab called forth a stream of blood, the liquid gushing forth, gushing and crashing into adjacent streams, becoming a red mist, like cherry blossoms giving way to the wind. Erratically rushing from corpse to corpse, I saw myself plunging the broken glass into flesh until the entire party was a collection of lifeless bodies and fountains of crimson waste. Clumsily trying to regain my composure after nearly fainting, I used a few people to stand myself up, knocking their drinks over in the process. Music was pounding away at my eardrums, and I couldn't make out what anyone was saying, but I knew they were angry. I was so overwhelmed, I just yelled at the top of my lungs and pushed everyone within arm's length. Frightened or just annoyed, the crowd gave me space until someone rushed up to me. I was grabbed by my shirt and brought within an inch of some asshole who took it upon himself to escalate the situation. Without the pull of scotch swishing around in my stomach, I doubt I would have the lapse in judgment that prompted my next move. I swung my head swiftly into the prick's forehead. The thought of seeing his skin split wide and expose his skull was the fuel behind the action. I'm not sure if I actually caused any damage, but it was enough for him to drop me. I fell to the ground. As I did, I noticed a group of men twice my size advancing towards me. Feeling overwhelmed, I cowered, assuming the fetal position, bracing myself for the beating about to take place. Just before they were able to land a hit, Charlie rushed in, diffusing the situation. He vouched for me, stood me up, and gave me a solid hit to the gut. I guess it was compensation for the scene I had made. I winced and gasped for air, just then being able to pin the feeling the party inspired. I saw everyone as vulnerable. As long as they partied, I had an opportunity to exploit the situation. I had no warm feelings, just the instincts of an opportunist. After the hit, everyone seemed satisfied with the end result and went right back to what they were doing. Charlie took me upstairs, apologizing under his breath. Benji man, is this kind of thing fun for you? He asked, seeming concerned for the first time. I had been blacking out more frequently. 
I guess causing scenes was getting old. I don't know, man. I really just wanted to pick up and be out of here before anything got weird. I said, noticing Charlie begin to laugh through his concerned grimace. Maybe you shouldn't be driving tonight, man. At least take some time to sample this blow I got. It's not cut, so I'm going to charge you more. Thanks. Uh... The moon had taken on a sickly orange color. Static and bathed in the moon's pale light, the scotch seemed to match its pallor. It wasn't as if I needed anything else to entice me, but the liquor seemed to beckon me. I threw back a healthy gulp and proceeded to make the trip back to my place. Speeding had my head spinning, but I had finally arrived a couple of streets away, taking a moment to just breathe. The drive ended a bit too quickly for my liking, so I sat in my car parked a few blocks away. I leaned back and listened to some music, allowing myself to relax. Feeling satisfied with myself, I began to fidget a touch too desperately with my phone. No one seems to have reached out. I didn't want to stay long because being idled in my car for too long always brought the wrong attention. I really didn't want another headache. I walked over everything that had just happened, going back and feeling the same mix of emotions I felt the night before. Shame, embarrassment, anger. I rattled the pills around trying to remind myself that once I chewed one of those blessed blue gems, I wouldn't give a fuck about anything. The weight would kill me, though. I decided to split a pill and snort it to make the remainder of the trip a bit more tolerable. Within minutes, I was flying high. Not a care in the goddamn world. Free of pain, free of doubt, free of inhibitions, free. Why couldn't I always feel this way? Everything was in its right place. My pedal to the floor, the moon hanging above, my arm hanging outside the window. I completely forgot every bit of nonsense that was stressing me out, forgetting what sad was in its entirety. I got home and chewed the other half of my pill, knowing I was about to kill half a gram of blow, and for the life of me could not stop grinning.